idea that we're going to be celebrating Hanukkah, the festival of lights, and we're all kind of down in the dumps makes it hard. So I appreciate the opportunity to mix with you and mix <laughs> for your listeners and come up with some stuff to make the holidays joyful again, or at least help to make the holidays joyful. Hi, and welcome to The Big Schmear, the podcast celebrating Jewish food, culture, and history. I'm your host, Beth Schenker. It's December. Oh my God. And um, you know what that means? It's almost time for latkes. I know I can make them any time of the year, but I, I try to wait and do it only at Hanukkah time. So I'm super excited that the time is almost here. As listeners and subscribers to The Big Schmear, I know you don't need me to find your family favorite latke recipe. And if you're looking for a new take on latkes, recipes for these are everywhere on the web. So I decided to be very adult about this, and I've invited my favorite mixologist to join me today, Cheryl Rich Heisler. There's nothing like a little cocktail to dress up your holiday. Way back in August, Cheryl joined me for an episode when we talked about a special Shabbat cocktail that she designed. We had so much fun, we decided to get back in touch and talk about Hanukkah. It turns out if you give Cheryl the slightest hint of a cocktail idea, she's on it. Here's a little bit about Cheryl. She's a mixologist and the founder and proprietor of Mixed Metapores, Signature Cocktails by Design. We're going to talk about cocktails and Hanukkah. She's going to share a recipe with us, too. So, here we go. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome back to the Big Schmear. Hey, Beth. I'm so happy to be back. I'm so happy that the one constant since August is that we're all still drinking. I guess we're <laughs> eating, too. <laughs> but from my perspective, we're still drinking. That means we're, we're still standing. More, more or less, we're still standing, but definitely we're still drinking. <laughs> It is still the pandemic out there, and how are you holding up? Well, first of all, thank God everybody is well. Uh, family members have been careful, and uh, we've kept our distance, which is hard. But once you know that the people you love are, are staying safe, it makes everything a little easier. Having said that, um, I know I am guilty of eating a little bit more, drinking a little bit more, quetching a little bit more. But that goes along with the strange territory we're in. Um, and uh, as you said, it's December now. The idea that we're going to be celebrating Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights, and we're all kind of down in the dumps makes it hard. So I appreciate the opportunity to mix with you and <laughs> mix for your listeners and come up with some stuff to make the holidays joyful again, or at least help make the holidays joyful. Well, I sure appreciate that. And for those who are listening now who feel like it feels like it might be time for a cocktail, it is. So grab your drink and just join us for our conversation. So Cheryl, I have to ask you, are you drinking anything right now? Well, right now, this minute, <laughs> uh, the only thing I have in front of me is a glass of water because I, I ran in for the call. I was uh, running behind schedule. Um, but the good news is I have eight different bottles in front of me because I thought one of the things we might want to talk about is how do you stack your bar in Ooh. advance of the Hanukkah holiday because it's pandemic, right? If yeah. you don't have an ingredient, you're not running out to the store. I hope you're not running out to the store to just get one thing. 
So I have a bevy of beautiful bottles in front of me, all of which will, in one way or another, help us figure out how we're going to celebrate Hanukkah, what, how, how we'll light it up, <laughs> as it were. All right. Well, before, right before we get to that, I thought just in case some people aren't familiar with who you are and what you do, I wonder if you could remind us exactly what a mixologist does and how that's different than being a bartender. Sure. Well, in the olden days, I think every bartender was a mixologist. You had to, there weren't books with all kinds of different drinks uh, written for you. You had to tailor your designs to the customer who came to your establishment. Nowadays, a bartender is uh, the person who usually is fulfilling the orders while the head mixologist is the one who concocts them. You know, we're going to have this strange drink with sage leaves and, you know, uh, organic honey and, and a special kind of sugar and a strange kind of spirit. I love the bartending part, but for me, the real fun is the mixology and figuring out how to get a drink that's special and unique for the event or for the person or for the bride and groom, if it's, you know, for that kind of a personal affair. And how can I make a drink that's interesting, unique, special, tempered, just for the people, well-balanced, but also not like any other drink that's out there? Because having a signature cocktail really means that it reflects you or your organization or your company. And that's the challenge. And that's what makes it extra fun. Wow. I, do you ever, like, get stymied or feel like, been there, done that? Or, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It, it's like, I suppose, I've never been a much of a writer, but a great writer can get writer's block. Uh, sometimes you just look in your liquor cabinet and go, I've used all of those things before. But happily... I can make a trip to one of the local liquor stores or even just the local supermarket, and sometimes a walk up and down the aisle will give me new inspiration. Something new is in season. There's a color that I hadn't thought to use, a fruit that I hadn't thought about in a while, and that's enough. You just need that little seed of inspiration. It's like, well, wait a minute. They want green. I haven't used kiwi in a while. What if we start with a muddled kiwi and build from there? Uh So. There's no shortage of ideas. I I may have said this last time we spoke, but one of my uh, best clients is a local theater. And my inspiration there is always the play that's going on. Now, unfortunately, they've been dark for the last nine months. But when they come back, and I know they will, the characters, the themes, if it's a period piece, all of those things are inspirational in what signature cocktail we're going to make. Or in the case of the theater, we always do a signature cocktail and a signature mocktail. A lot of your listeners may be deciding, you know, after a certain point in this pandemic, <laughs> they're going to go for a dry week or two. Uh, so we'll talk about mocktails as well when we talk about Hanukkah. But there can be inspiration found um, any place you look. And, and that's what makes it fun. That was, It makes it a challenge for sure, but it makes it fun too. Whoa, that's very cool. I love that. So when thinking about Hanukkah, I know when I first thought about calling you and saying, let's let's do an episode about this. So here's what came into my mind. I imagined some kind of bubbly blue something, right? And so the fact that that is totally not at all a part of what you thought about, because you're thinking about eight different cocktails and how do we mix things. And so clearly you went more than the extra mile, but of course you, you are the professional here. So let's talk about 
How do well, we? Back, how do I don't we... want you to think. I don't want you to think I didn't think about blue. Also, one of the bottles <laughs> in front of me happens to be blue curacao, which is that marine bright blue, and uh, I think we're going to use that in one or two different ways. I would probably keep that on my short list of eight because heck, it's a Jewish holiday. Blue and white tend to be colors that you know come out around the Jewish holidays. So I, I, I'm with you there. All right. I might have taken it to an, an nth degree and gone a little crazy with it, but uh, blue is a color that's inspirational and you think of the Jewish flag, the Israeli flag, so we could do that. Well, okay, so why don't we, I don't even know where to start. I'm going to look to you for <laughs> advice. Should we Should we start with those bottles in front of you, or what do you think? Yes, let's start there, because in my mind, I don't know if anybody's watching The Queen's Gambit. Oh, it was. I, I saw it. Just watched the last episode. Who, yes, who haven't watched it, it's, uh, I thought it was a terrific miniseries, but it, the heroine is a chess player, and she looks up in the sky sometimes, and she imagines the chess pieces moving around. I'm no savant. <laughs> when <laughs> I look at these bottles, instead of up in the ceiling, right, right in front of me, I sort of move the pieces around, going, well, this could go with this, or if we move these two around. So the huh. idea here is let's get the most um, bang for our booze for <laughs> Hanukkah. Maybe eight products, and there are a few more. I, I went with the eight because it's a great sound, or eight for eight. But the idea is you can make a whole lot of different cocktails with a relatively simple amount of product. And then you're not running out, you're not wasting, and you have enough to make it again if you like it. Or if there's only a little bit of something left, you find a different way to mix it up. So it's very efficient use of, of resources. How about that? Oh, I love that. So if I was going to start from the uh, from the basic and move forward, you talked about potato lackeys. I'm talking about potato vodka. Oh. That's the first piece of my Hanukkah bar here that I'm building. Vodka can be made out of just about anything, any grain. It can be distilled twice, three times, 16 times. They're all different marketing pieces to making a vodka. But Chopin makes a potato vodka that's probably the most awarded potato vodka of all. And, of course, how can you think of Hanukkah without thinking of potatoes? You can't. Flavor-wise... <laughs> It's not that different than a traditional vodka. It's pretty tasteless. There's a little bit of earthiness, maybe from the potatoes that you wouldn't get in a different kind of a vodka. But it's really smooth and really nice. And so I'm starting there. Even if I just throw that in the freezer and pour ice-cold shots of it along with spicy, salty lakis, that's a good meal. Ooh, I'm ready for that <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to go further? Are you going to end the podcast right <laughs> at this juncture? <laughs> I better not. I better keep going. <laughs> All right. Well, but so anyway, that's that's just even if you're only having – and maybe no one's having any Hanukkah parties this year. I remember one year, many, many Hanukkahs ago, I had a whole bunch of different vodkas, uh, and I learned this trick from my dad. I took an old coffee can, filled it halfway with water – actually, several old coffee cans filled it halfway with water – plopped in a bottle of vodka, emptied my freezer, and put all these different vodkas inside these coffee cans filled with water. Well, what happened is when the water hardened and turned to ice and you took the coffee can away, you had all these assorted vodkas in their own ice case, if you will. Yeah. So what a great way to have a party. You fill the sink with ice. You've got all the bottles of vodka. You can get different flavors of vodka. I mean, potato vodka is... is on my mind because of Hanukkah, but you could get uh, 
flavored vodkas. You could do different grain vodkas. You could do Russian vodkas because this is sort of a takeoff, uh, a Russian vodka scene out of history. And you've got these bottles baked in, casked in <laughs> the ice. So that's a super fun thing. And that's a party in and of itself. You know, right. but I know we're not having one big party. We may have lots of little parties. We may have no parties at all. But that's something that people can file away for just a great dinner party look and feel. And it couldn't get much easier than that. Yeah, that's so cool. The second bottle I have, and you mentioned bubbly, or bubbles earlier, is in fact a bottle of bubbly. Whether it's champagne or prosecco, prosecco or cava, depends on your taste and your budget. That's a memory for me. Uh, when we always used to have Hanukkah, my grandfather, he loved any excuse to celebrate. We'd drink something bubbly. And so to me, the idea of the hot, crisp latkes. Your latkes are going to figure in everywhere. You're going <laughs> to see this. <laughs> you're my um, kind of gal. We weren't so much a Sufkani Yot family. We were a latke family. Uh, and, and in fact, by the way, latka is probably the proper pronunciation. There's something about the Chicago Jewish community. I don't know where it came from, but you'll hear people here say latkes, chali. Even at a shiva, I've heard people say it's a shivy. I don't know where that ending came from. And maybe your next guest will be more attuned to the words and where the, how they got to where they are. But at any rate, latkes, latkas, and bubbly go great together. So that's another, can be a, a one-step, take it out of the cold and pour it, and you're good. But you'll mm-hmm. see that we have other ideas with that. A third bottle that's in front of me now, we talked about the blue, is blue curacao. So for people who are familiar with the flavor of, say, a triple sec or even a Grand Marnier or a Cointreau, something with orange. Mm-hmm. Blue Curacao has that very same flavor, but you wouldn't know it from looking at it. It's got that bright blue f- color. If you've ever had a drink called a Blue Hawaiian or a, a tiki drink where it's bright, almost uh, neon blue, they're using Blue Curacao in that. If you can look past the color when you're thinking of what the flavor profile is like, imagine just a little bit of Blue Curacao poured into your champagne flute full of bubbly. Ooh. So what you have, you'll get a, a little bit of a blue color to it, a blue tint, but it'll just be like having um, a glass of champagne with a little bit of orange juice or an orange rind in it. But you'll bring the blue in if you want to match your Hanukkah paper goods or, or whatever. So yeah. I'm going to keep that on my bar. It would also be good with the vodka. And yeah. think about a screwdriver, right? That's orange juice and vodka. Well, so this is a blue uh, orange liqueur and vodka. So the mixing and matching has begun. Make sense? Yes, it does. Although I have to say I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around blue orange juice. But you know what I mean? I'm just, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sticking with you. <laughs> well, re- remember, it's not viscous like orange juice. It's right. more like, you know, like a lemon, like a blue lemonade or something. Oh, and okay. And it's not, it, it, because it's thin, it's also not, it's sweet because it's a liqueur. It's not as sweet as lemonade. So it's, it happens to be a fairly inexpensive uh, product. You know, some of these you're not, you may not want to buy all eight of these, but the blue curacao is not what's going to break your bank. Okay? Good to know. Yep. And it is, it does give you the color uh, piece of it. Um, if you also want to look at another way to go with color, I'm thinking a bottle of something cranberry makes a lot of sense on your bar. Uh, and here's why cranberry is a great mixer, it mixes with vodka. You could drizzle a little cranberry into your champagne juice. There is um, cranberry liqueur, 
and there's plain old cranberry juice. So you could have a non-alcoholic design with your cranberry, or you could have something that's even boozier. They, I think it's a brand by called Leopold's that makes a cranberry liqueur that I've fallen hard for. We did deconstructed cranberry margaritas with our Thanksgiving dinner. It was amazing. Whoa, I want to hear about that. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe, it's maybe another time. I'll try to contain myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just for kicks, I actually tried the cranberry liqueur together with the blue curacao. And you get kind of a purple color, but it's not unattractive. It doesn't mm-hmm. really look quite like Hanukkah. But, hey, if you decide you want to have add some color to your table, you could do that with the cranberry, uh, either the cranberry juice or the cranberry liqueur. So if I count all my different cranberry options as one placeholder, yep. we're halfway through the bar. We've got our Chopin vodka. We've got our potato vodka. We've got our uh, champagne or bubbly. We've got our blue curacao. And we've got our cranberry pourers, whether it's liqueur or juice or some kind of a sparkling cranberry uh, a mixer. Mm-hmm. If I haven't lost you yet, let's go forward. No, no, keep going. You can't have a bar without some kind of brown whiskey. There are people who just want their booze, right? Just want their whiskey. I'm going to recommend for my Hanukkah bar that we do a nice scotch. doesn't have to be a single malt, but I'd kick it up there a little bit for those people who really just want a plain uh, two fingers worth of scotch, maybe with a nice cube. But I will tell you, while scotch can be tricky to mix with, scotch and cranberry tend to go very nicely together. Hmm. So, you know, one from column A, one from column B, we've got the scotch. Now we could do a lighter scotch cocktail that might be more appealing to somebody who's not usually a brown whiskey drinker because they've got the cranberry to uh, to take down the booziness a little bit and to give it a little fruitiness. Hmm. I'm a scotch drinker, so I'm going to explore this. Oh, it's – I really – the first time I tasted scotch and cranberry juice, I said, nah, and I was – really surprised how nice they work together. And and since then, I've done a lot of different drinks using those two together with other kinds of highlights. But now that you're into the brown whiskeys, we got a couple other cool additions. One of the things that could be great fun is a either-or kind of thing. Either or both, I guess. Either some kind of a chocolate liqueur or a coffee liqueur. And When I'm saying those two, I'm thinking a couple of different choices. You could mix the vodka with the coffee and or the chocolate. Mm -hmm. You could, if you are doing a dairy meal, if if you keep kosher and you're going to use sour cream in your latkes, you could do like a black or white Russian. So add a little whole milk or whipped cream to your vodka Mm -hmm. and your coffee liqueur or your vodka and chocolate liqueur. So this gives you a sweet option that while the cranberry liqueur is a little sweet and the blue curacao is a little sweet, an after-dinner coffee chocolate uh, drink with or without some whipped cream on top can be a lovely way to finish things up. Or, heck, if you start partying in the morning, (laughs) would it be such a bad idea to add a little chocolate to your coffee? Um, There's a new product, or new to me, called uh, Cafe Amaro that I'm hooked on. It's from a distillery out of Kansas City, Jay Rieger and Company. So it can be used as my coffee liqueur, but it also has the bitter component that an Amaro does. So any drink that you'd be mixing with the other elements that also needed just a little bit of a bitter taste to give the 
cocktail a little bit more depth and a little more interest, mm-hmm. I would double up and instead of doing um, two different ones, I would do a, a cafe amaro so that I could get my coffee boost but also my bitters. And speaking of bitters, the seventh item that I would if this is my sort of desert island, if I had to be on a desert island for Hanukkah, <laughs> um, I would I would get a bottle of lemon bitters and put it on there because lemon always brightens things up. And now we start to have fun again. Lemon would be great, a shake of lemon, a dash of lemon in the potato vodka, a dash of lemon in the champagne, a dash of lemon in the blue curacao, a dash of lemon goes with cranberry. Scotch with a little lemon would be a really interesting taste you'd have to be careful about the balance mm-hmm. but lemon with coffee is to die for i don't know if you ever have an espresso no. and you just oh, yeah, rub yeah. a piece of lemon around the rim right so you know there are a million different flavors of bitters now and there are all kinds of craft bitters and you can go crazy but if i'm pretending that i can really only have these eight spaces and and the very last one Everybody was everybody. My booze. That makes it sound like my booze was talking to me. <laughs> and perhaps it, perhaps it was. Perhaps it was. We don't need to. We don't need to divulge that now. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, the, the last um, place keeper. There was a little bit of a fight, though. Not even from my booze bottles. It would make a whole lot of sense to have some kind of a seltzer. Because uh-huh. that could tone down any of the drinks or even be a, a chaser to something. So it was either that or a can of a whipped cream. But I think <laughs> I can only have eight, huh? I think I'd probably um, put the seltzer on there. Because if you want to have a mock, this is what I wanted to say before. Let's say you've got somebody who shouldn't be drinking, can't drink. They're they're underage. A seltzer with a drip drop of any of these different things, whether it's a dash of lemon bitters, whether it's a little bit of the cranberry juice, those things can make a fun mocktail. So you don't feel like, well, everybody else is drinking and this poor person just has the, you know, the version of a kitty cocktail. Right. So I guess I'd put a flavored seltzer in there. And then I would fudge things by saying, well, I guess I'd like to have a little milk and maybe some sugar cubes <laughs> and maybe, maybe one of each kind of citrus fruit so I could do some interesting garnishes. But you have a really fun, really basic bar. Nothing, I mean, unless you don't drink it at all, uh, nothing will go to waste. And, and really the only thing that you'd worry about is if you open any of the sparkling items. You open your champagne, your sparkling cranberry or your seltzer, I guess you'd have to drink those within a reasonable amount of time. But otherwise, you've got really nice additions to your bar that you can use after Hanukkah and, of course, going into New Year's. Right. So none of it is wasted. All of it, I think, is delicious. And now the question, the $64,000 question, Beth, Yes. if we were to make only one drink for your listeners, oh, gee. <laughs> what would you choose? Huh. This is really a tough one, Cheryl. So here's some things that I know there's not so many scotch drinkers out there, or perhaps there aren't. So so I don't think I'll go that route, although personally, that was my first thought. But the other thing that I found appealing was, of course, chocolate, chocolate, anything. Chocolate and coffee and whipped cream all sounded really great to me. So maybe we should do something with that. Okay, so just to make sure I heard you right, the potato vodka or the sparkling? Uh, Potato vodka. Potato vodka 
my uh, Cafe Amaro, and my chocolate. Mm. Because whipped cream made it to the final 12. (laughs) I'm going to line her up with these things. So that will be the challenge. I'm going to put together this for you and for your listeners. We're going to make it, name it, and hopefully drink it together for one or more nights of what should only be a happy, healthy, celebratory Hanukkah for everybody. Oh, yes. Could not have said it better myself. So what we are going to try to do, Cheryl, which would be a first on the Big Schmear, is to have you talk us through, well, you kind of talked us through cocktail prep, but we'll attempt to have you actually mix it so that we can hear how all of that goes. So that's kind of a future piece we'll try to drop in. I think that sounds great. And Obviously, we're going to write this up as well in a detailed recipe form so that anybody can just go to your website and look it up. If they have any more questions about how to utilize any of those other ingredients, they can find me at mixedmetaphors.com or email me, mixedmetaphors at gmail.com. And, of course, I will be happy to help. Um, And, you know, I like these ingredients. You may not like them or you may find that you're not – going to even go out to the store once or call Instacart. So perhaps you've got some other pieces or bottles in your home. You're looking for ways to use them for Hanukkah. You know, let us know. We can try to help you with that. Uh, A a bottle of booze is a terrible thing to waste. So (laughs) let's find ways (laughs) that we can put them together for happy drinking. That's that's really the design here. I, I don't think even with the pandemic, I'm hoping people aren't, you know, looking at the clock salivating when it's you know a minute to five just to start opening bottles randomly and guzzling but having a nice cocktail at the end of the night or for celebrating like with thanksgiving or the hanukkah holidays if you have a mixed family maybe you're doing the christmas holidays as well it's very civilized and it's it adds to the festivities break right and it breaks the day up if you've been working at home and you can't go out with your friends to a bar and you want to take a minute to or a half an hour or an hour to decompose and have a, you know, a grown-up drink um, that you don't have to have out of a sippy cup. <laughs> <laughs> Although I understand that people have resorted to wine in, in the child sippy cup. I'm not judging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I have not heard that, but good to know. <laughs> I think I, to- I Did I tell you this last time? You can cut it out if I did, but somebody posted that at the end of the pandemic – Everyone is either going to be, you know, a hunk because they've been working out so much, a chunk because <laughs> they've been eating everything they're cooking, or a drunk. <laughs> no, I have not heard that. Um, I feel like that should be a bumper sticker, you know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a name your poison. Which Exactly. Which category do you fall into? Well, hopefully you guys are staying healthy and active and uh, enjoying your podcasts go on. I am so impressed by the fact that you have the focus and the energy to keep adding new and more uh, interesting shows to your roster. That's great. Well, thanks. I'm impressed sometimes, too, that I can pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) It does take focus. It uh, it does, which is why I wasn't drinking during our interview, although afterwards uh, I've got a few ideas lined up. (laughs) Hey, it's 
they say it's five o'clock someplace. It's almost Hanukkah someplace. Why not? If, if you were inspired, my friend, go for it. <laughs> so you've given us uh, ways for people to find you also as a, and, and to remind people that the recipe for this special drink will be on the website. And then I also wanted to just remind my listeners that my next guest will be Chef Laura Frankel, who's going to talk about the new favorite spice, everything bagel. And of course, she'll have a recipe for us too. My How do I work that into a cocktail? Boy, would that be good. Oh my God. Well, you'll have to keep me posted on that because I want to know about that. I don't know if I can find it again. There's a local distillery in Chicago called Koval. And when they uh, were first mixing and distilling, they had a liqueur that was called Caraway. Oh, and I, it they, actually was so delicious. I remember making a drink and calling it Not Your Grandfather's Rye Bread. And <laughs> it was savory, but it went down like you were, you know, almost licking the spice jar. It was so good. I'll have to, well, mm, we'll talk again, Beth. I got to see if I can find, note to self. Yeah, find you know, more savory liqueurs. That, that was one of my f- all-time favorite liqueurs. And I was so sad that it's not available anymore. Mm-hmm. It's It was all the things you said. It was amazing. And when I'd say to people, here, try this caraway liqueur, they'd give you a look like, what? Are you kidding me? And then they were sold once they had a taste. It was really amazing. Yeah, it, was, it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, now, I, now I've got a, uh, a mission you do. Scour the world for caraway liqueur for your listeners. I'm on it. All right. Well, thanks, Cheryl. I really appreciate you doing all this work and, uh, and coming back to the Big Schmear. It's always fun to talk with you. It's great. Thank you for having me. I look forward to pulling that recipe together, taste testing it with you. Oh, yes. And getting your approval so we can put it out there for, uh, for your listeners on the Big Schmear. Great. Thank you. She did it. Here's our new Hanukkah cocktail, designed by Cheryl Rich Heisler of Mixed Metaphors. It's called the No Guilt Gelt. Take it away, Cheryl. All right, Beth, here it comes. You thought you were intrigued of all the different Hanukkah cocktails with the one I'm calling No Guilt Gelt. So let's make it up, shall we? I have a very pretty coupe glass in my hands. I have wet the rim and now I'm going to roll the rim in just a little bit of sugar because I want a little bit of sweetness around the rim. This is like for the folks who really like sugar and sour cream on their latkes. They're going to love this drink. So I've got my glass ready to go. I've got my martini shaker filled with ice cubes. And in the shaker, I'm going to add two ounces of my Chopin potato vodka, and of course the reason we're using potato vodka is what other kind of vodka would you use for a Hanukkah program. We're going to add one half ounce of chocolate liqueur. I happen to be using Zaklawi chocolate dream, but you could use Godiva or any good vodka-based chocolate liqueur you like. And I'm also going to add a half an ounce of a coffee liqueur. This time I'm using Copa de Oro, but there are many beautiful, delicious coffee liqueurs on the market, any of which 
can make a terrific drink. I'm now putting my cocktail shaker top on tightly. And as you can hear, I'm giving it a shake. The rule is 15, 20 seconds. If you go over 30, you've got it really good and cold. And then I'm gonna strain my cocktail into my sugared glass. It's a beautiful pale coffee color. And even though I'm dying to taste it, I'm gonna add one more piece de resistance, which is a hefty dollop of whipped cream and a chocolate coin on the top. So here you have it, your no guilt gelt. L'chaim. My trusted advisor and recording and mix engineer is Steve Robinson. The Big Schmear theme music is performed by Cavatino Duo from their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. If you like The Big Schmear, please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast Follow my Instagram account at Beth the Jewish Foodie or share a like on my Facebook group page. And please do tell your friends to listen. It's the best way for my podcast to continue to grow. You can always find recipes on my website, thebigschmear.com. If you have comments or questions, I'd love to hear from you. Please email me at beth at thebigschmear.com. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear. Thank you for listening and happy latkes. Mm-hmm.